Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lexicon Valley is brought to you by The Message, a new podcast series from GE Podcast Theater. Hi, Nikki Tomlin here, and I'm the host of The Message. I'll be following a team of elite cryptographers as they decode a highly classified radio transmission. To sum it up, extraterrestrials. The Message on iTunes. Lexicon Valley is also brought to you this week by Texture, the mobile app that lets you tap directly into the world's most popular magazines anywhere using your phone or tablet. Dive deeper into Vogue, People, Esquire, Time, and many more with interactive content for a richer reading experience. Right now, try Texture for free at texture.com lexicon. That's texture.com lexicon. The following podcast contains explicit language. From Washington, D.C., this is Lexicon Valley, a podcast about language. I'm Bob Garfield with Mike Volo, and today, episode number 71, a new installment of Linguophile, wherein we discuss a mystery word or phrase with lexicographer Ben Zimmer. Hey, Mikey. Hey, Bobby. How you doing, buddy? Splendid, thank you. And your own self? I'm great. I'm great. Hey, Ben, I'm going to assume that you're either splendid or great or both. I'm splendidly great. Excellent. So I'm going to move on to my next question, which is, what is our clue? Our word this time, I would like to describe it onomatopoetically, mostly because I just like saying that word, onomatopoetically. It's a nice word. It is a nice word. It just rolls off In the tongue. In fact, it, it reminds me of something. <laughs> see, see what I did there? Yeah, okay. Okay, I want you to imagine something that makes two sounds. It makes a low droning sound. Okay. And then... Humbug. Makes a, uh, I, I was about to say it, but I wanted to let him get out the second thing. It is humbug, isn't it? It's not it's humbug. humbug. It's humdrum. Humdrum. No, no. Ugh. You need to know what the second sound is? Yeah. Uh, apparently. See? You see, Mike? You see? <laughs> we were both wrong. Go ahead. The sound of a bell. Humding. Humdinger. Humdinger. There you go. Humdinger is our word this time. And it's another suggestion from one of our loyal listeners. Excellent. Great. I love it. The call for suggestions is working. It certainly is. I've gotten a lot of very interesting suggestions. Thank you for everyone who has sent me one. This one in particular comes from Levi Wallach of Reston, Virginia. I should start off by saying that much like our last word, boondoggle, if you look in the dictionary, you might just see origin unknown, but of course that's not good enough for our purposes. Uh, Unacceptable for you, unacceptable. right? Unacceptable. That's true. That's true. So even if we can't establish an etymology with 100% certainty, there's a lot that we can say about a fun word like humdinger. One of these days, Ben, you're going to come to us with a word. It's going to be the shortest episode we've ever done. <laughs> you're going to say, actually, the origin is just unknown. Then we're going to do the credits and it's over. <laughs> I got nothing for you. I brought you this word and I know nothing. I couldn't find a single clue. Or or he'll say, yeah, it started here. There's no dispute about its origins. And were there any other questions? <laughs> so what is a humdinger, first of all? 
Humdinger is an extreme or particularly trenchant example of something that happened. It's noteworthy. In fact, it's more than noteworthy. It's extraordinary. It has high humdingerosity. <laughs> That's an excellent word, humdingerosity. I like that. So, any guesses about its origin? Well, I can hear Will Rogers saying it for some reason. Perhaps he did. I agree, Bob. I'm going to stick with the 20th century. I don't really hear this word in the 1800s for some reason. 20th century is about right in terms of its early popularization, but the latest research takes it all the way back to 1883. Hmm. I would have said 1882. I would have said late 1882, <laughs> December. Would so have been close. Like, yes. So yeah. close. I think it was a Tuesday. So this word pops up in American slang, and, and like so many words that just kind of pop up, we can't simply trace it to one particular source, one person who said, I've got a great idea for a word, humdinger, and then decided to popularize it. That very rarely happens. We talked about heebie-jeebies. That was an example that seemed to come from one particular guy. But in the case of humdinger, it's like a many, many slang words where it shows up and we have to piece together its origins as best we can. It seems to me that if somebody were to trot out humdinger nowadays, it would sound so quaint, right? Right. I can't even think of it as slang so much as I think of it as an archaicism. Right. Is that a word, archaicism? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It is. <laughs> it's a perfectly good word. It does have a bit of a quaint sound to it. Slang very often doesn't have a long shelf life, but humdinger was certainly all the rage in the early 20th century. He threw a humdinger of a haymaker in that Donnybrook. <laughs> <laughs> and now and now it sounds like uh, an entry in the urban dictionary <laughs> so if we were to uh, try to analyze this word a little better we could think about its parts you know the potential morphemes if we want to get all morphological about it the hum the ding and the er the hum the ding and the er yeah when what meanings we associate with those elements so we've got a hum, we've got a ding, and then we've got this suffix er for er. That er suffix in English very often works as an agentive suffix, which means that it simply tells you that this is a person or thing that does the action of the verb. So we've got winners and losers, as Donald Trump could tell us. It's got a lot of other uses, too. You could use it to describe a person from a place, so a villager's from a village, a New Yorker's from New York. It can be about degree. He was humding, but she was humdinger. <laughs> but in the way that you described it, Ben, as agentive, let's yes. just be clear, agentive is the adjectival form of agent. Right. So it creates an agent noun where it's verb plus er, but it can also be used with other root words in a more flexible way, especially in slang usage. So if you call like a $5 bill a fiver or a $10 bill a tenor, mm -hmm. you're adding that ER to draw attention to a particular characteristic of a thing. One very interesting usage of it now is for pejorative labels for people who believe in certain conspiracy theories. Ah, uh, birther. Yes. The 9-11 truther, truther. Back when people were talking about the death panels that Obama's health care plan was supposed to put into place. Those people were mocked as deathers. There are teabaggers, which is a vulgar uh, practical joke that college students play on each other, and an epithet hurled at tea partiers. But humding are 
to sounds, and sounds are things that might draw attention, and of course a humdinger, as we established, is something that stands out, that draws attention to itself by virtue of the fact that it is exceptional, it is great. Mm -hmm. And so maybe the fact that it's making a noise has something to do with it? Or is it possible that this is a corruption of a foreign word many of which find their way into the uh, lexicon. We've discussed them on this show before. No, I'm going to say no. Nope. <laughs> Is that not what's going on? There's no, no. Like German Humpterdinken. <laughs> so no. that's a blind alley? That is a blind alley. There are a lot of blind alleys with this. There are some uh, specious etymologies that have been suggested as well. Somebody put it out on the internet that the word comes from a person's name, some guy named Arnold Humdinger, who... Uh, tried to land his biplane on the summit of Mount Everest. <laughs> you know, this totally fanciful story somebody put online. And of course, people believe it because it's online. It must be true. I would dismiss it out of hand, except that in our previous episode, we learned that there were people named fucked in the navel. So <laughs> right. anything's possible. <laughs> yes, this, this is, is the true. episode we did on the F word because there was a recent discovery of a very early 14th century example of a proper name, Roger Fuck by the Navel. So that's what Bob <laughs> is referring to. And it's totally right. true. Was their joke, <laughs> knee fucked by the navel, steen. You know, they, yeah, right, right. they changed it at Ellis Island because... Uh, yeah, he didn't want it to sound so Jewish. That's what you have to do to assimilate. <laughs> Let's pause briefly. Lexicon Valley is brought to you this week by The Message, a new podcast series from GE Podcast Theater. Hi, Nikki Tomlin here, and I'm the host of The Message. I'm going to take you into an elite cryptography think tank and check it out. Their top project right now is to decode a highly classified radio transmission from the 1940s. Have you listened to it yet? Not yet. Uh, we're having a discussion about that. But if I offered you the chance to listen to it right now, um, sounds like a no. Well, we don't really know what it is. Voices, music, breathing. But you know, I'm not gonna mess with that thing. To sum it up, extraterrestrials. Subscribe to The Message on iTunes. So anyway, there is nobody named Arnold Humdinger. This is not named after someone with that name. But we can go back and look at the slangy roots of these component parts. And that ER suffix can actually attach equally well to the hum part and the ding part. So the words hummer and dinger actually have very long histories in English slang with lots of different meanings attached to those words. Including fellatio. Well, yeah, yeah. That is one of the meanings of Hummer. If you must know, Hummer actually comes from the expression hum job, referring to a kind of a blowjob where humming is involved to heighten the experience, let's say. Wow. Hey, hey, Ben. You, you knew a lot yes. more about that than I expected. Well, does your mother know what you do for a living? <laughs> She's listening to this podcast, and I, you know, I just want to let her know that I learned all this from the slang dictionaries. You know, This is all well documented. In any case, if we put that aside, there are many other meanings that have been associated with 
Hummer over the years. In the last 25 years, it's also been associated with the hypersport utility vehicle, that the Humvee, that became yes. a commercial truck called the Hummer. To my knowledge, there is no compact version called a Dinger, but there, <laughs> there might could be. You know, a hummer on the most basic level would just be something or someone that hums and makes a humming noise, right? But it has also been used since 1681 to refer to someone or something that's characterized by lots of activity, lots of energy. The very earliest example we have of the word hummer being used to refer to a person with a lot of energy is from a restoration comedy by Thomas Otway called The Soldier's Fortune. There's a character who is talking about a lady. He's describing uh, someone else telling him about this lady. He says, he told me there was a lady of his acquaintance, had some favorable thoughts of me. Andy Gad says he, she's a hummer, such a bona roba. Ah. Wait, are you sure it's being used that way? <laughs> she's a boner rubber? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you know, no fellatio involved here, but... Certainly some sexual connotations at play in this early usage. And we know that from that second description of this woman, Bonaroba. Now, Bonaroba is from Italian, literally means good dress or good stuff. <laughs> in fact, this early Italian English dictionary by Florio, famous dictionary, explains the Italian as, as we say, good stuff. That is a good, wholesome, plum-cheeked wench. Other uses make it clear that a bonaroba, you know, we're really talking very often about an attractive harlot, a strumpet, a prostitute, not just a wench. Boy, compliments were weird in the 17th century. Well, when you were complimenting a harlot, I guess this is the way that you did it. <laughs> so this word hummer was not just used for people, but also for things. And we can find an example of that in 1699 in a book called A New Dictionary of the Terms Ancient and Modern of the Canting Crew. This was uh, republished just a few years ago by the Bodleian Library under the title The First English Dictionary of Slang, 1699. This book from 1699 does lay a claim to the first slang dictionary in English, although that word slang wasn't even being used in 1699. The canting crew that's described used cant, and so cant was sort of the underworld jargon that was used by thieves and pickpocketers and stuff. And, and this was written as a way so that people could understand what those pickpocketers and other unsavory types were talking about in the streets of London back then. So the word Hummer was defined in this dictionary? It was, it was. And it was described as a loud lie, also known as a rapper. <laughs> so rapper, R-A-P-P-E-R, -P -P -E yes. So rapper could mean a big lie. So a whopper. Yeah, exactly, like a whopper. This is another use of this ER suffix to describe things that are big or impressive in some way, including a big or impressive lie. Whopper is the only one that we really use anymore, but there are a bunch of words ending in ER that could mean a big lie. So hummer, rapper, bouncer, thumper, whacker. If you're really going to tell a big lie, you could describe it with one of these words. Uh, that's quite a list, uh, Ben, and I was moved to comment, but upon further reflection, every <laughs> single thing I could say is filthy and uh, puerile, so I'm just going to, at this one time, keep my own counsel. Whopper, thumper, whacker. <laughs> I barely knew her. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Hummer, 1600s, 
a person or thing of much intensity or a loud lie, as the Dictionary of Slang defines it. Yeah. This word Hummer, even though, you know, we don't use it in this sense anymore, was actually still being used in American English slang in the 1870s, 1880s. You can actually find examples in American newspapers. If you call a horse or a ship or a train a Hummer, then you're saying that that thing is particularly fast. It hums along. It hums along, exactly. So San Francisco Chronicle, 1872, about a horse. Yes, sir, she's a Hummer. I'll bet I could make her trot in 20 before she's seven years old. And in fact, one way you could describe someone as not just being fast but impressive in some way is to say he's a Hummer from Hummerville. Okay, so that is the Hummer part of the equation. Where do we get dinger? When does that enter into it? Well, dinger also has an interesting history in slang. It's not quite as old as Hummer in the sense that we're talking about. But, you know, if we think about the verb ding, you know, we've talked about the sound of the bell. Actually, that word ding has an older meaning, which is a bit more violent than just simply ringing a bell and making it ding Mm -hmm. like that. In fact, if you go back to Middle English, particularly in Northern England and Scotland, ding could mean to strike, to hit hard to knock down. And tiny little dents in your car door are dings. Mm -hmm. Likewise, an injury in the National Football League, like, oh, I don't know, a broken fibula or a ruptured Achilles tendon. Oh, he's a little dinged up this week. And so if we skip ahead to the 1890s, there is actually an article in the Leeds Mercury in Leeds England, Northern England, and it's describing Yorkshire dialect words. So somebody's putting together a list of words just in the local dialect of Yorkshire there. And in 1892, it included ding, meaning to strike, push, hurl, batter, or bruise with energy, wrath, or forcefulness. And then dinger described as anything of a superlative character, as in size, quality, etc. It's a dinger. They're synonyms. You got your Hummer, you got your Dinger. They mean approximately the same thing. So they're redundant or they simply emphasize one another. Exactly, exactly. That kind of looks like what's going on here. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. Lexicon Valley is also brought to you this week by Texture. Texture is an app that you can download on your phone or tablet that contains more than 150 magazines. I've been using it now for almost two weeks, and it's pretty much changed my reading habits. It's like having the entire newsstand, not just on your phone, but on a single app on your phone. You can read full issues of any magazine on Texture, including back issues. Here's what I did to make it a little more manageable. I browsed through all of the titles, clicked on the ones I like, and they're automatically saved to a folder called My Library. So some of the magazines I have in my library are National Geographic, Savour, which is a food magazine, Smithsonian, and Esquire. Now, you might not have time to read a magazine cover to cover, so Texture also recommends articles that it thinks you might like. So for example, last week it suggested the Time magazine cover story called The Great Migration, which is about the explosion of migrants and refugees around the world. And they were right. It was a fantastic piece with fascinating graphics. I loved it. 
So Texture is offering Lexicon Valley listeners a free trial right now if you go to texture.com slash lexicon. You'll get full access to more than 150 of the world's greatest magazines, from back issues to the one currently on the newsstand. For a free trial, go to Texture, that's T-E-X-T-U-R-E, texture.com slash lexicon. Okay, back to the show. So Dinger is working its way into American slang at around the same time as those examples of Hummer that I was describing from the late 19th century, where it could refer to something impressive. And once again, it could refer to a fast horse because everything has to go back to horse racing. There are some early examples that I found from Rockford, Illinois, from the 1890s. And you could say, she's a dinger, in the same way that you could say, she's a Hummer, if you were describing your horse that was going to race. If you're Frank Sinatra and you're describing a superb thing, an excellent thing, you would say, ring-a-ding. Sinatra was very much influenced by Bing Crosby, and Bing Crosby liked to refer to a good-looking woman as a dinger. And he also used the expression, a wing-dinger, for something that's particularly superlative. So we have the Hummer, we have the Dinger, and... Bring it all together. At what point do they get portmanteaued? Okay, well, you know, um, I put out the call on the American Dialect Society mailing list to see uh, who could find the earliest example of Humdinger, because the Oxford English Dictionary currently only dates it to 1905, and we already knew that it was being used in the late 19th century. So one of the participants on that mailing list, Stephen Gorenson, found the earliest one at the impressive date of June 4th, 1883. And the newspaper that it appears in is called the Daily Enterprise of Livingston, Montana. And in fact, this appears on the front page of the very first edition of this newspaper, which had just started up in 1883 because the town just came into existence as uh, towns out west tended to in those days. New town, new newspaper, new word. So Livingston, Montana was a new town that got founded on the Northern Pacific Railway, which was just being built. If you needed to get, say, from Minnesota or Wisconsin all the way out to Washington State, the Northern Pacific Railway crossed through all of Montana. And so Livingston... I've been on that train. She's a humdinger. (laughs) <laughs> so was that the way in which it was used? Was it describing the train? No, it was not describing the train. I'll, I'll read to you the little item that appeared in the Daily Enterprise. Bill Smith, our town prognosticator, reports that 50 years hence, Livingston will celebrate her golden jubilee anniversary on July 2nd, 3rd, and 4th with parades, a roundup, and a pageant. The show, he says, will be a humdinger. All citizens of Montana who are still around at that time are advised to lay their plans to attend. So they're projecting 50 years into the future about some (laughs) pageant and parade that's going to be held in honor of the founding of this town? Well, you can understand the humor there. I mean, the town didn't even exist like a few months before that, and they're already jokingly planning their Golden Jubilee 50 years in the future. And did it come to pass? (laughs) Well, Livingston, Montana is still there. I don't know what they did to celebrate. Yeah, I was actually at a really good party there in 1933, 4th of July. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised that you didn't look in the newspaper 50 years later, Ben, to see what or if they did anything. (laughs) Well, let's just assume that the party was a humdinger and leave it at that. (laughs) And as we often point out, this word was being used 
in the newspaper and not defined. So it was assumed yes. by the reporter, the writer, that the readers would know what that word meant, which yeah. implies that it was in use commonly at the time. It doesn't even have quotation marks around it or anything like that. And there's an assumption that people will understand what it means. But maybe even if you had never come across that word before, you could figure it out because these words Hummer and Dinger were already in common use. And you could put two and two together and figure out, oh, Hummer, Dinger, Humdinger, I get it. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to trace the way that this slang gets popularized in certain places. And again, we can use these great newspaper databases now to track exactly how that might happen. You know, even though that first example comes from Livingston, Montana, a bunch of early examples pop up in papers that were published in Rockford, Illinois. I mentioned earlier that there were examples of dinger meaning a fast horse showing up from those Rockford, Illinois newspapers in the mid-1890s. And Dinger also shows up at that same time, 1895, 1896, to refer to something exceptional. And then, just following right after that, Humdinger starts showing up in 1896, 1897 in those same newspapers. So you could understand people were already familiar with it's a Dinger, and extending that to be it's a Humdinger was easy and did not require explanation. So the earliest examples that show up in the Rockford, Illinois newspapers from 1896 are in advertisements for baby carriages. The local term for a baby carriage was a baby cab. This is an American regionalism. And there are listings where you can check out the baby carriages. A nice one will cost you $5.00 a natty one, $8, a knobby one, $10, a beauty, $12, and a humdinger is $15. If you want to get the top-of-the-line baby carriage in Rockford, Illinois in 1896, the humdinger will set you back $15, which sounds was probably quite a lot of money. So there's nothing better than the humdinger. The humdinger is the ne plus ultra. It's the best, yeah. It shows up also in these Rockford newspapers very often on the sports pages in reporting on the local teams, including uh, baseball, where you could describe a good pitcher, maybe who's got a real nasty pitch as a humdinger. I am so confused, Ben. What is it about Rockford, Illinois, that would make it ground zero for humdinger? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe that Montana guy came from the area. I have no idea. But looking at where it appears based on the newspapers that have been scanned and digitized from around the country... You know, there are certain places where slang just takes off. And, you know, that makes sense because that's how slang circulates. There are plenty of examples, actually, that show up in various places starting in the early 20th century, so a bit after those Rockford, Illinois examples. There was a series of publications called Dialect Notes published by the American Dialect Society, and people would just collect different regionalisms. This was supposed to go into a dictionary, and that dictionary would eventually become the Dictionary of American Regional English. And so those examples from, say, 1905, 1909, and so forth, show Humdinger is being used in Nebraska, it's being used in Arkansas. You know, certainly by that time, you could say that it became a bit of national slang that people would be familiar with in various parts of the country. Okay, so Humdinger, our earliest citation as of this moment is 1883 in this Montana newspaper, and it seems to be that the parts, Hum and Dinger, are kind of working synergistically to intensify each other mm -hmm. and create this word that describes something that really cannot be surpassed. 
That's the best we can uh, say about this particular word by sort of breaking it down into its components, as we've done. So I hope that that explanation satisfies Levi Wallach, who suggested it. And if you would like to make your own suggestion for a word that we could talk about, please do. You can send a suggestion via my website, benzimmer.com, or via Twitter, at BG Zimmer. Mike, I really like that notion of uh, synergistic intensifiers. That's uh, very well said. It's a real stupanger of, uh, <laughs> of an explanation. All right. If you find an earlier example of humdinger, let us know at lexiconvalley at slate.com. That's lexiconvalley at slate.com. Follow us on Twitter at lexiconvalley, and please subscribe to our feed in iTunes. You can read more about the word humdinger in Ben's Word Roots column on vocabulary.com. Andy Bowers is our executive producer. All right, boys, we done here? Yeah, I think that about bangs it up. We're done. <laughs> All right. Hummer dinger. You're a hum, 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 hum. Hum dinger, wanna cling, 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 cling. Cling, cling, when we ling, 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 ling. Ling, ling, every time we kiss goodnight. You're a hum, 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 hum. Hum dinger, how my heart strings, zing, zing. Zing, zing, how I ting, 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 ting.